episode of the Let's Schmooze podcast. I'm Doug Ebach. I'm the original screenwriter for the movie Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, each month, I'll bring on guests for discussions on topics related to writing for various entertainment media. Uh, today, my guests are Eugene Sun, who has written for animated shows like Avengers Assemble and Star Wars Resistance, and has written comics such as Ultimate Spider-Man. Ben Rabb, who has written for TV shows like Arrow and The Flash, and has written comic books such as The Phantom and The Legend of Hawkman. Um, and Spiro Skensos, who has written for TV shows Grimm and Arrow, and is a co-chair of the WGA's LGBTQ plus committee. Spiro hosts the Intro to TV Writing panel at Comic-Con, which is going into its 10th year. All right, so I want to start out by talking about um, Comic-Con, and, um, you know, it's a big networking thing. People know it as, like, the pop culture typical convention with the uh, exhibition space and panels and stuff, but it's also a big networking thing for people in the entertainment business. So, um, I'm just curious if you want to talk about how it has helped your career, and maybe we'll start with Spiro, um, or not to say how, you, how it's helped your career, but like how it interfaces with your career. Um, I don't know, I can't quantify how it may, has it helped my career, but I know it's when I see more friends down there than I do here. Like, I think, Ben, that's when I see you. I see you more down <laughs> yeah, there than I see much. you in LA. Yeah. Um, Comic-Con is great because I mean, it's just great to be amongst your people, you know, your fellow geeks who love comics, you know, and art and all that stuff. And to be able to meet up with, then again, a subset of people who are geeks and also who are writers and then work on shows that you love, it's always just great to be able to meet them. And I don't wanna say network because it sounds so like networky, but you know, to like meet them and find out, like you meet new friends who are also writers and comic book fans and it's a great way to connect. Cool. Uh, ben, do you have any? Yeah, I mean, I, the, you're right. You, you, you see everyone that you maybe interface with, you know, via Twitter for most of the year because everyone's busy working and you don't get to, the time to sort of socialize in, in real life. And then you see them for, you know, those five days down there where it's like, you know, <laughs> not quite summer camp, but it feels kind of <laughs> like it. You know, it's, it's this like, oh, we can all sort of, you know, put down our pens and, you know, just chill out and, and talk about the things that we love and, and, you know, and, and share experiences as to what's going on. And yeah, occasionally make a, a connection or two. I, I'm not particularly good at that. I'm, I mean, I have a writing partner, Derek Hughes, who is, that is his mutant ability is to be a, a human networker. So I don't have to, so I can just sort of enjoy the, the fun of it. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, just a great experience down there. Yeah, and I, I know I have jokes with friends about we both live in LA, but we only see each other at Comic-Con, which is a very, yeah. in San Diego. So there's something about that isolation, I think, in a way that, that helps. Um, Eugene, I think you have a pretty good uh, story from, from, from well, yeah, I mean, well, I'll start with, I mean, with what you were just saying about that, that we only see each other down in, in San Diego. It, it's absolutely true. It's, it, we all live in Los Angeles and we don't ever see each other anyways, because if you live five miles away, it's like, ah, it's too far. And plus <laughs> we're all with the, with the nature of the industry, we're so busy. We're in our bubbles. We're doing our thing. And so you sometimes have best friends that you don't talk to for three, four, five months, just because you're doing your thing. And so when you come out of your bubble and you have time to like, Hey, I'm going to check in with my friends are doing. It's like, that's just totally the normal thing. Every three, four, five months, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear from somebody like, Hey, what are you working on? Cause you've been so, you know, you've been out of it, but that's just the way our, the nature of our lives here. And then yeah, San Diego is absolutely the excuse where we put our pencils down. We go there for five days and we hang out in, in, in the convention center and in restaurants and in bars and just walking from one place to another, you run into somebody that you haven't seen in years and catch up with them and getting that FaceTime and just seeing them and be able to remind yourself of what they're doing and what, well, oh, God, that guy is so great. I haven't seen him in several years. That's, there's a huge part of the Comic-Con experience. It makes it so much fun. It's not even going to Comic-Con that, that's the draw of it so much. 
anymore or seeing the things or watching the panels or watching the trailers because you get a lot of that online instantly. But it's that connecting with these people that were so great and share your passions and love doing what you're doing. And, you know, and, and you get to run into those guys in there. They're, they, you, know, you inspire them, they inspire you. And that's, that's half the fun of, of Comic-Con now. Um, as, no, for my Comic-Con Comic-Con. Story, <laughs> yeah. uh, as, as for my Comic-Con story, I mean, I used to go as a teenager and that was kind of where I realized like, hey, wait a minute, I could maybe do this thing that these people are doing. You'd see these panels and you'd see the writers up there and the directors talking about what the, how they did it. And it's like, it starts to germ in your mind like, Hey, wait, maybe I could do that. Uh, maybe I could do that someday. So that was that was part of my experience growing up. And then uh, then it becomes a thing where you're rubbing elbows with the people who are doing these things that you're that you want to do. And you're doing it in an environment where it's not like you're ambushing them. It's you're just running into them and you get to ask them, like, so what's it like doing what you do? And you get to know their names and they get to know your names. And then eventually, you know, it becomes much easier to approach them and talk to them and ask them, like, hey, so you know. Tell me about tell me about what you're working on, and suddenly you become you become less seen as oh that's Eugene that's the guy he wants to do what I'm doing, and he, he starts he eventually starts going oh that's Eugene he's he's a peer he's trying to get you know uh, that 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 was a huge part of the Comic Con experience, and uh, my career kind of got started from Comic Con because I ran into my manager uh, at Comic Con. Um, well, I mean I, he was my manager at the time, but uh, ran into him just just like hey you know we just chatted at Comic Con and then. Uh, like the Tuesday after Comic Con in 2004, I emailed him. Hey, great seeing you, man. We'll have to catch. We got to next time. We got to catch up sooner. Like you know, instead of going so many months without without talking or how many weeks without talking, and then he just shot me back an email saying, "Hey, do you like Ninja Turtles?" And I'm like, "Uh, just in general, yeah, sure. Why?" And he said, "Uh, they need a guy to jump on a script right now. Like, are you free?" I'm like, yes. And that was my, that was my, and that basically came out of it rang a bell because he had seen me face to face at Comic Con. We'd had this great conversation, and so when that email came across his inbox, his first person he thought of was me because we had talked at Comic Con. Uh, wow. So that kind of just started my that that kind of jump started my career. But also, I always talk about that 2004 Comic Con because that was also uh, the year where um, after like the Saturday night at the Writers Guild party, like after they closed down and they kicked us out. Like I made friends with like four people and we were like, wait, where are we going? So we went into the Marriott and we found a bar and we sat down and we talked and we were all like just basically breaking in. All of us had, were like on the cusp of breaking in. One of us had written uh, for a Disney show, but it hadn't aired yet. So, and, and all, all four of us were like, you know, wait, we're going to, you know, guy, this is so cool. You guys are great guys. We shared each other's stories. We shared email addresses. And now we've been friends for, you know, 16 years. And we've all, we all work in television now. We've all hired each other. Uh, you know, we've all put, We've all worked for each other. We're all peers now. And that all just started from a late night conversation after, at, at Comic-Con. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, like, that's one thing I always say about networking is I think when you hear networking, a lot of people think of this idea of like, you're going to go to a party and you're going to like meet someone and you're going to pitch them an idea and they're going to buy the idea like at the party, which is just a kind of a impossible goal for networking. So like, I think one of the things for me is that um, really networking is like building up that network, right? Those friends that, you know, that you're going to, Gonna work with. Do you guys have any networking tips? Let's, well, Spiro, do you have any good networking tips? Um, um, gosh, uh, I feel like what you were just talking about, about networking and how it can somehow be a negative connotation, is like you're not going to like force yourself on someone, like, you know, socially and be like, hey, how are you? Can you give me a job type of thing? Um, you know, I think you want to approach like as a genuine fan because that's why. I go there and that's why I do what I do is because I'm generally a fan of, you know, the medium of comic books and of comic book writers and also fellow, you know, TV writers. And 
I'm like, hey, are you so-and-so because you wrote this episode of that show that I love, you know, and it's nice to meet you type of thing. I did that with a comic book writer whose work I really like. And now actually I'm developing one of his comics and it's uh, taken, that's like been in like a five-year arc. Um, so, you know, to get that done. Uh, but I didn't go there to be like, hey, I'm going to meet this guy and like develop his work. But I generally like enjoy his work and was really excited to meet him and, you know, just kind of went from there. Uh, Eugene, any any good, you obviously very good at the networking. So. Well, that's, that's the thing is you don't look at it as networking. I mean, if we were really good at networking, going up, shaking somebody's hands and giving them a business card, like, hey, you know, like if we were that kind of network, we wouldn't be writers. Like, you know, we would yeah. be doing something else. Like, you know, but, you know, yeah, networking is the wrong term for it. It's absolutely just meeting your peers. It's just meeting people who are similarly minded like you who want to do the same thing, who like to do the same thing, who are interested in the same thing. And you generally get excited and just meeting somebody who's working on something and like, what are you working on? Like, and then you, that their what their, their successes, their failures that can be really inspiring and that can get you, you know, you're really kind of inspired inside. And um, so that's half the fun. It's like, if you're meeting, like, you know, getting to meet somebody like doing something that you have no interest in doing or nothing, but it's kind of cool hearing them talk about like, what's it like doing a comic book like that, that or what's it, you know, what's it like working on a TV series, you know, developing a TV series like that or, or thing like that. It's, that's half the fun. And, and so, yeah, I don't even look at it as networking so much. I mean, one time when I was starting out, like when I was just like, you know, that pre-pro era, we, the joke was, it was like, we, we used to joke that Comic-Con was the 96 hour job interview. Cause like, you know, you, you have to be, you know, okay, we gotta, you know, you gotta be, you, know, you gotta look, you gotta look somewhat non-crazy and you've gotta, you know, and, and try to, and try to make a good impression on people. Cause you, and, uh, but now it's, it's basically just, you go hang out with your friends, make new friends. Um, it, if you go in and thinking like, I got to come out of this with a job, then you know, you're going out the wrong way. Uh, if you look at it as a, if you're playing the long game of, Hey, I'm building up, I'm making friends, I'm building relationships. I'm meeting people who are doing really cool things. And yeah, I may meet somebody really cool and I may never get to speak to them ever again. They may blow me off the next time I've seen them. Fine. You know, at the, at this moment, it's fun to meet them. It's fun to hear, you know, fun to chat with them. It's fun to, fun to do this kind of thing. And yes, as writers, we'd rather be in front of a keyboard, you know, it, it could be exhausting being going out there and meeting, in, in meeting new people and making friends. But if you see it as just something fun, as opposed to a task you have to do, like, like networking, then, then it becomes a much more tolerable thing to do. Yeah. Definitely. Ben, any uh, thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, when I first started out, it, it was a little bit of a hustle because I started out, you know, obviously in comics and, and, you know, this is mid to late nineties. So, you know, back then Comic-Con was a much different experience. It was a, a much more intimate experience and you could have more direct professional access where you were, you were maybe sort of, you know, meeting up with an editor that you knew worked on a project or a character that you wanted to work on, or you had an idea for, and you maybe, you know, if you could corner them for five minutes at the Hyatt bar on the 40th floor, you're like, Hey, got an idea, would you be interested in hearing it? And then follow up after Comic-Con's over. Um, again, those days are, are long gone. I mean, it's, it's before, you know, it's when, when the, the, the convention hall was relegated to one third of the, of the actual building, not the entirety of, the, of San Diego. And, uh, you know, to varying degrees of success. Um, more recently when I go, it's now, you know, working in television, like I'm not going for networking opportunities. I'm actually just going for, for the more social aspect of it because like I said, you know, I don't get to see these people all year round. I, you know, I don't get to check in and see what they're working on and where their projects are at. And um, it's, I don't feel the pressure 
of networking at, at Comic-Con. It's, it's great when you're at a party or you're at, at the bar and you meet someone that, you know, holy crap, you're working on this. That's a really cool thing that you're developing. And, and hey, you know, if, if, if ever it goes forward, let's, you know, we're, we, we have similar sensibilities, let's talk about it. Um, but for the most part, it really is just, it is just sort of a reconnection and, and, and you know, to, to share the love of the experience of the different, you know, whether it's comics or genre or, you know, even you now it's video games and everything. It's like, just, I don't see, I, the people that come up to me and are trying to like pitch me stuff or like, hey, what do you think of it? Like, nah, I, it's an immediate turnoff and it's immediate like, okay, I, I'm happy to hear about what you're working on, but don't think that I'm the guy to make it happen for you because, you know, I don't really have any power. So, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat you are. It's the truth. Um, but, uh, and, and I feel bad for people that, that, that kind of think that this is, this is their chance to, to make their big mark. You make a bigger mark when you're just yourself. And, and like you guys are saying, like you're, you're there for the love of, of, of similar things. And if that comes through, then it becomes, hey, let's keep in touch. Tell me about it, you know, when we're not doing this, because, you know, I just want to hang out with my friends. No, that's, that's really what I'm at Comic Con for. Yeah, I um I had experience one time where I was um a, a composer uh, actually just cold called me, which is also not a good way to network. But you know, a composer asking me to help him out with his career. I'm like, I'm I'm a writer. What do you think I can do for a composer, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's sort of this idea of like I just meet someone in Hollywood and they're gonna help me out. And yeah, um, I also think it was interesting to talk about like the reconnection aspect because I do think there's that's an element of the networking where you know people get jobs from people they know and you know you lose touch with people so just reconnecting is actually part of maintaining your career too and hopefully it's a, a like you guys are saying a fun part um, uh, you also yeah, like mentioned Eugene, Eugene was saying about you know like like all the stuff we see it's all available online anyway so like you know going to the panels I mean they're, they're great they're they're it's, it's fun but it's like I, I'm not going to wait in line for hours just to see something that I know 12 hours from now, I can, I'll, I'll just call my computer and see it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, that's an interesting change this year too, because um, uh, I don't know if people watching don't know that Comic-Con obviously was canceled for the pandemic and they're doing Comic-Con online, which I think is great actually, because so many people don't get to go because it sells out so fast. Um, and I think all of us are in a fortunate position where we can get pro passes, which guarantees that we can get a pass anyway. Um, so um, now everybody can watch it. I'm a little worried now that I can see all of it that I'm going to be going to Comic-Con for the, like the rest of my life. So, um, but because uh, you, when you're in San Diego, you have to choose, right? Am I going to see this right. one? Am I going to see that one? But um, yeah, it's a, it is a great opportunity now to just, to just watch all the panels, but you do lose the kind of social aspect. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm, so I'm curious, do you guys go to a lot of the panels? Because I found some of them very informative. Um, like you said, I don't really like to wait in line for six hours to you know, see a movie star panel, um, which are, they're totally cool, but I don't want to stand in the sun that long. But um, I go to a lot of the more of the craft panels and I've learned some stuff. Have you found that helpful? Uh, anyone want to? Yeah, um, I, uh, I'll jump in. I'll go to craft panels, especially if I have friends on them. Like, I'll go to Ben's panel, you know, he's sometimes on panels and I go check them out just to, because one, I can support them and two, I get to see them, <laughs> you know, right. to see my friends. And, you know, like you just said, Doug, it's good just, you know, you never know, like you can read all the books and stuff, obviously doing the writing is what makes you a better writer, but to go to a panel 
and you hear someone say something in a different way that you hadn't thought of or a new approach to a uh, character or scene work or something. And that's always good, you know, like I, I'll do those panels. I won't do Hall H because, you know, it's then I can't do panels the entire rest of the day because you would be standing in line for a day and a half for Hall H. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I even got um, software recommendations from a like writing or drawing comics on uh, iPad thing. And, and okay. you know, I'm not an artist really, but I wanted to try to do that. And so I just like was jotted down the software recommendations. Um, yeah. Yeah, Eugene, do you have any panel, you go to panels much? Well, like Spear was saying, you like you, your friends are on a panel. You're like, yeah, sure, you know, you support them. You get, you know where they are so you can just go say hi to them afterwards. You know, that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. I, and. Sometimes, yeah, the smaller panels are actually kind of really cool. Like you, you, you get a more intimate experience. You do get kind of exposed to like something that you hadn't heard of or didn't know about. And yeah, if yeah, the 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 big room, yeah, I'm sure the, the big rooms are fun. Um, but I haven't done those in years. You know, it's it's all it's it's a little more fun going to all the way like you know where the heck is 24B? Okay, and then you you know you go upstairs and try to find it. And you it's a small room and there's somebody cool there, or you end up seated next to somebody who like oh hey you know that's you know I. I think that's even how I met Derek was well, like one of those, like, yeah, was through one of, one of these things. Like it, the, and Derek meets everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, I don't your, have to. He's your Facebook. Like you don't need to, you know, he's your Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah. I mean, we don't, uh, for people who don't know, I mean, Derek, Derek Hughes also throws like through basically his own con at con, you know, and slam con. And we, you know, we all, we're all hanging out. It was, and again, it's like that's that's the version of hanging out at Comic Con was we all knew, hey, everybody, all of Derek's friends, so that's everybody, are all going to be hanging out at this particular hotel bar at this particular time. So just you know, mosey on over there, and you'll see someone you know, and then you chat with them, and then they'll introduce you to someone that you'll you know that they know, and you end up with a you end up with a group yeah. of people. That's, uh, um, but yeah, I, I would really like I have friends of mine who were in panels. Who, who went to a panel they're like yeah no it just sounded interesting and they're like yeah it was basically just one guy he'd written a novel i'd never heard of him before but you know he, he, he it was a really interesting conversation and you know that guy ended up you know years later becoming michael chabon you know that kind of thing or you're like you were in a room with him like yeah it was like me and like five other people and it was great and you know and oh my god that's that and so you know the, the, these kinds of you know seek out some of these smaller panels even if you don't know anybody on them if it just looks interesting yeah, yeah. check it out <laughs> One of the most entertaining times I ever had at Comic-Con was um, my friend Javi Griot-Marxwatch, he did a show called The Middleman, which lasted only 12 episodes, but they did a, he got the whole cast to do a live reading of the 13th episode. Um, and it was, it was lights out the most entertaining thing maybe I've ever seen in my life. It was fantastic. So, you know, and I just went because Javi was doing it and I liked his show, so it was fun. Sorry, Ben, were you gonna say something? Oh, no, I was just saying like, I, you know, the past few years, like, you know, I, I've been taking my kids to Comic-Con and, and so I don't get a chance to go to as many panels as I, you know, might like to, um, cause I'm taking them around, you know, they feel like to do a little bit of shopping, like to find the things that they're interested in. Um, my daughter's gotten into a little bit of cosplay, so she, you know, she kind of enjoys that experience. Um, but, uh, and so for me, like the only panels I ever seem to go to is if, if a show I'm working on is, is there. And, and that's always a bit of an adventure because you know, you know you might be a co-ep on a show doesn't necessarily mean you're getting into the panel <laughs> and, and so it's like it becomes all right well we've managed to worm our way into the backstage area somehow no one's checking wristbands okay i think we're okay and now let's you know get slid into the, the main hall as they're having the panel and try to slide back into the green room and hope that they don't detect you 
I mean, you know, you, you have to sort of jockey for position, be like, I work on the show. And then the security guard is very like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so it's, yeah. that's the adventure of panels for me these days. Right, yeah. Um, Spiro, you, you, we mentioned you do the, uh, the intro to TV writing panel. Do you wanna tell us a little bit about what that is and what's gonna happen this year, as far as you know? Uh, yeah, uh, thanks. The, I've been doing the panel for, I think this will be the 11th year now. And I originally started it back up at WonderCon in one of the last years when it was in San Francisco. And I, you know, I contacted, I've been going to Comic-Con forever and I contact them about WonderCon. I was like, hey, this is so like nuts and bolts that WonderCon compared to some of the bigger cons. And you could really, it'd be really cool if you had an intro to TV writing and like I've been TV writing. So can I, you know, is this something you want to do? And I filled out a little application and they said, yes. And I was so excited because it was something I would have killed for when I was on the other side. So it's, I feel like it's kind of like a giving back you know, thing where I can be like, all right, let me get all these people up here who know what they're doing and I can interview them. And you, know, you can all ask questions and then we'll all learn stuff is kind of my approach to it. And you know, we've been packing the 20, room 24 ABC like for 10 years at like 400 people at 10 in the morning, which I mean, writers don't even get up at 10 in the morning. So to have that happen at that time is pretty great. And I just want it, just like want the fun people and the smart people and the nice people who want to give back and take, use their time at the con to help people out and to answer questions. And that's what it's basically like nuts and bolts. Here's what to do, writing your spec, here's what not to do type of stuff. Cool. Yeah. I, um, you know, I've sat in on your panel a couple of times and uh, yeah. it's really, good, really good stuff. And, and, you know, it talks about the fellowships. Uh, do you have people from the fellowships this year on there? Uh, yeah, actually um, this year I did a, we did the panel and I had uh, Nicole Levy, who is uh, amazing, you know, upper level writer. And she, I think was both in NBC, which I was in as well as CBS. And then, um, yeah, and that's right, Ben, you guys were as well. So on the Verge. We about that. Yeah, on the Verge on the Verge. Um, and, you know, she's great. And those programs are really great, you know, when you get into them. And I always suggest to writers, like, they're free. Plot, apply every year with a new sample. You should be writing a new sample every year. And it doesn't hurt to apply, especially when it's free. I think the Warner Brothers one was or still is like $20, $30. So I can't remember if they stopped charging for it. I think it, they but... waived that fee, yeah. Oh, did they? Great. I think so. I'm not sure. That's cool. Yeah, the other uh, the other panel I always really enjoy is inside the writers room where they have a bunch oh, of yeah. talking about the writers room, um, and they're just because they're such entertaining people <laughs> talking about that. Yeah, so, um, yeah. And, right. for, for the people uh, watching this, uh, uh, you know, you can do all those panels this year on uh, Comic Con. So Ben, you had mentioned you know because you said you also write comic books. Um, did you do comic books before TV? Which came yeah. Through? Yeah, that's that's my, my start was at Marvel. I was an editor in the mid '90s. Um, I worked on the X Men books for about two and a half years. I was the assistant editor, um, and then I went into the when Marvel started an interactive department in 1996, which was the first year I went to Comic Con for the interactive department. Um, at, at the same time, I started writing comics freelance, and I was sort of juggling the two jobs. And I'm like, I don't know if this internet thing is going to take off, so maybe I should pursue writing. Um, and so I went freelance. Uh, and then the internet became the internet. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so my, my career started there. And when I moved out to Los Angeles, it became a process of trying to sort of get into to film and television. Um, that's around the time, around 2001 is when I met Derek in a comic book store. We refer to as our, as our geek cute, um, yeah. where he was insulting a friend of mine for not turning in his art pages on time and 
it was and I knew it wasn't his fault it was it was the writer's fault and it was a whole thing um but anyway we, we got to talking in a comic store and and you know decided to start collaborating with each other and, and kind of began our long journey into television which was roughly an eight-year journey of applying to writers programs and being rejected and applying and being rejected and and you know my wife had kind of we had an understanding of like you've got a five-year window I was on year eight by the time we got to when we finally did get uh, accepted and it was into writers on the verge and that's what got us our start in television because midway through the program we were staffed on on warehouse 13 and, and that's, uh, that's took off from there yeah and so i'm curious then um you know writing in the two different media comic books and television um what are the differences well obviously format that's that's one big thing and, and also just the way you tell story is very different i mean you know a page of of comic book storytelling versus a page of, of TV, you know, narrative drama is, uh, you, don't, you don't approach it the same way. I mean, you, you approach, they're both visual media, but the way you conceive the moments in time of a comic book page are, are very different than the action of, of a television script. Um, I think the <laughs> structure in television is a little different too. You can, you can sort of, you know, in a 22 page comic book, you can play out, um, you know, you want, you might rely on more of a three act structure than a five act structure. So that's a little different, but again, that's, that's, that's a writer's choice. Like you have that leeway in comics to decide what's the pace of your story in television, certainly network television, there's a very defined pace that, that, you know, I, I'm sure anyone who's analyzed television could say they tend, regardless of how, how many acts you have, they follow a very similar structure. Um, so I, I think that's where the differences lie. Cool. And, uh, and Eugene, you've done both uh, uh, animation and comic books. What, how about the differences there? Uh, when I, when I, I did animation first, and then that got me, in, that, that got me into being able to write some tie-in comic books. Uh, a friend of mine who had done both said, that he used this example all the time uh, as, the, as the difference, which is in television, you can have a character write, walk into a room, pick up his, walk into his apartment at the end of the workday, pick up his mail, check his voicemail at the same time. And then, and you can, and that's basically one line in your script. If you do that scene in a comic book, you need to figure out exactly what is the most important thing that needs to be conveyed. Cause you only get a panel, maybe two to convey that exact same thing. So when, it's, when you're writing a television script, that's easy, just one line, boom. And then that, that's, but in terms of comic book, that becomes a much trickier, trickier decision for you as a writer in terms of exactly how you're going to convey that. So yeah, they're actually, you would think that they're similar. Oh, it's animation and, and comics. They're both visual, you know, they're both visual means. Very different. You've got to, you've got to approach it very, very differently. Um, and, and, and it is, in some ways it's trickier because you're like, oh, the artist will figure that out. But otherwise it's much trickier because you've got to give that artist some direction. You've got to be able to, yeah, exactly, exactly what it is you're, you're, you know, you're conveying. Cool. And, and how did you learn to do these things? Did uh, film school or... Uh, you certainly you draw on your film school stuff you certainly draw on stuff where it's like okay in my this has got to be some sort of a medium shot or this got to be a long shot or this has you know boy this would be great as, as, as something close up with an upshot kind of thing like yeah those kinds of terms and stuff like that and you you know again your artists will know these terms you know they they're, they're well versed in the stuff so they'll know that too so yeah you, you got to be able to communicate that effectively but no yeah it's trial and error and reading from other 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 people's scripts and seeing you know you, you devour how other people do it. And if you can just pick out one thing of like, oh, that's a cool way of doing it. I'm gonna have to, I'll, I'll snag that. You know, I, um, 
yeah, I can tell you when, before I read my, uh, before I wrote my first comic book, whose comic book scripts I was able to get my hands on. And a lot of them were tel- people who had done both television and comics. So you could see like some of them, you know, like certain writers, uh, certain writers actually write their comic book scripts. I found out which ones wrote their comic book scripts in the final draft, you know, other ones, other ones didn't, you know, other ones. And my editor at the time gave me his samples. This is how I prefer to see them, you know, so you, you, you get, you know, absorb as many of those as you can and, uh, and, you know, and, and see what works. Spirit. Uh, and I see so you did the, um, you did the uh, fellowship program, obviously. Did you have other, how did, how did you learn to be a writer? I guess is the, the question. Um, yeah, that's the question. How did I? Um, yeah, well, I always was drawn to writing as a kid and stories, you know, growing up with like Greek mythology and magic realism and then these tales of family immigrating and hiding in caves, you know, from the war, war in Greece and, you know, on one side of my family. And uh, so storytelling has always kind of been around, but, you know, I wrote in college, I came out here and I get st- got started in writing in TV. Uh, I took some UCLA extension classes because my bachelor was my bachelor's degree was in art history with minor in film and biology so I wanted to take more writing and then you know I started applying applications to programs and then got into the NBC Writers and Verge program which was a great program and they helped me get staff on uh, Grimm and that was uh kind of like the, the big boost you know the big first step and uh Ben how about you how did you learn to be a writer uh just trial and error I mean I think you know obviously uh, I took some screenwriting, write, screenwriting classes in college, but I didn't go. To, I went to the University of Michigan, and it, so it wasn't like I was in the the screenwriting program. I was I was an English lit major, and had a desire to to be a screenwriter. And again, this is late '80s, early '90s, and uh, around that time, you know, anyone who read Comic Scene magazine knew that they were going to be making an X Men movie, <laughs> which they'd been, and Nelvana was going to be the ones making it. Anybody remember that? Um, <laughs> And so I'm like, well, I'm, I'm the biggest X-Men fan. I'm going to write that movie. So I, I wrote two X-Men screenplays, um, you know, great. on Saturday nights of my senior year of, of college. You know, this is how I was spending my nights um, thinking like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to bust into Hollywood. And, uh, and then I saw Barton Fink and the player came out around that same time. And I was like, I'm never going to Hollywood. <laughs> I forget it. So, so that's so why I, I kind of abandoned that. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't want to go into that world. I don't want to be a part of it. Um, I just was afraid, you know, I, I, I was, I was confident yet insecure enough to, to think, you know, like, yeah, I can make it maybe I'm not, it's probably never going to happen. So I didn't, I didn't try and um, ended up working at Marvel. And when I was there in the early nineties, you know, this is when obviously the, the, the comics industry was booming. It was, um, you know, Marvel kept growing and growing every every year, publishing more and more. And so there was more opportunities for people who were on staff to, to do writing, right? There was a need for it because, you know, they had so much product and they're like, well, we got to fill. And so like they had things like Marvel Comics Presents where they let people do, you know, let editors write stories um, for characters that were maybe underserviced or whatever. Um, there was uh, Marvel Age Magazine. There was a lot of, you know, ancillary things. And I got my start writing some articles for those things. And then um, just being around and, and, you know, just being in the editorial pool, you, you heard opportunities pop up. And um, I got to write my, my first published uh, comic story was a, a giant man backup in Avengers 375. So it was a double-sized issue that, you know, needed eight, an eight-page story. And, you know, they were happy enough with that. And they gave me a Black Widow story several issues later to do a backup. 
my first um, full length comic was a what if. Um, it was about Peter Parker. It was if, if, you know, his son was a mutant because he'd been bitten by a radioactive spider. It was called Arachnomorphosis. It was this really creepy, dark horror story uh, about his son and, and, you know, kind of what, you know, mutant stories were back then, which was about racism and, and hatred and prejudice and all that. Um, and, and it just sort of spiraled from there. So like, I didn't, I didn't have that formal training. I kind of learned on the job and literally just driven by a sheer desire to be a writer and, and maybe more gumption than talent. So it was, it, it went well for a little bit and then it didn't. And so, you know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a like, all right, you've got to keep honing your craft. You've got to keep refining your craft. And, and the, the eight years I spent trying to do that, get, trying to get into television was, was process of just trying to be better at this. And in, in that time, Derek and I created a comic book called Living in Infamy, which we self-published with a friend, um, which is about a witness protection town for reformed supervillains. And, you know, again, just, just trying to like, oh, how do, I, how do I meld this genre that I love with stories that we maybe haven't seen, you know, right? Like make the villains the heroes of the story and have it be a family, suburban family drama. And it's like, it's not about the people in tights beating the crap out of each other. It's about them, you know, a man's past coming back to haunt him. Like it's, again, slowly, slowly growing. And then the Writers in the Verge program was sort of my first, well, that's not true. My first exposure to a writer's room experience was we worked on a web series called Afterworld, which was a 130 episode uh, 2D animation, very simple online series that um, was kind of like when, when, when it was still called transmedia or new media, um, it was you know, trying to create web content and that could be entertainment and, and keep an audience engaged for months and months on end. And, and we would drop uh, an episode a day for five days a week, three to four minute, you know, episodes. Each of those five episodes was like the equivalent of a single, a single story, you know, um, again, learning, learning, learning until we were ready to be in an actual, you know, a, a legitimate TV writer's room. Um, and, and so, yeah, for me, it's, it's really, it's been all the on the job training. I mean, I, and, I, and I, I think it's amazing that people go to film school and, and have that. I think they've, they've got a real leg up in that they've, they've taken the time in their earlier, you know, days to, to sort of refine their craft and then come out swinging, which I think I've seen a lot of like writer's assistants who've graduated from film school or, or, or writer's PAs and you read their specs and you're like, damn, you're way, you're way further down the road than I was at your age. Like I didn't get staffed in television until I was 38 years old. Right. So, so I was, you know, I was way beyond some of the people who've come out of school swinging. So uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, I think, I think that the, the people that have that at, at a younger age are, are really lucky to have that and have that kind of training because, but I, like I said, on the job training is good too, you know? Yeah. When I, and I do think there's something about like being around uh, the business. Um, you know, like you probably, you talk about you working at Marvel and then you as an editor and, and you get the chance to write a, a script where well, you've seen how scripts work and you've talked to writers and you've kind of seen that process. So I do think that's something like people that, that and kind of bring it back to Comic-Con again, people that want to do this sort of thing need to go to get, surround themselves with that stuff. And like Eugene was saying, reading the comic scripts and like, you know, that you can learn that way. Um, school is not the only way or possibly even the best way to, to learn. So, um, right. you know, I do think that's an important thing. Um, Eugene, we haven't talked about the animation world too much. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, just the way animation writing works and how you, I don't want to make, that's a big topic, I guess. <laughs> um, 
just a little bit about how you got into, uh, we know how you got into animation through Comic-Con, but like how you get new jobs and so forth in animation. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's its own weird smaller subsect within like within the big, bigger television world. So there's so many things that are just the same and a couple of little things that make it a little different. Like, oh, one of the, the, the joke we usually make is there's, there's less money, so there's less ego <laughs> in, in anime. Uh, and, I, and I specifically work in like, you know, the, like most of my work has been in like kind of that non-prime time, uh, that non-prime time animated stuff for, you know, a lot of it for Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, that kind of thing. So it's, it's a lot of it is, uh, is skewed at a younger audience. Um, and, and so there are a lot of similarities, but the things are a little different, like, uh, like, a, like the big key is like often, uh, often like in, in uh, your regular primetime television writing, you know, freelance, the idea of freelance writers and freelance scripts is an old ancient kind of thing that there used to be writers back 40 years ago who can make a living writing primetime television as a freelancer. You, you can't do that now. You have to be on staff for, you, you know, to, ma to make a living doing it in primetime television. In animation, you could still make a living doing as a freelance. Uh, uh, the, there are more assignments available, that kind of thing in terms of, uh, in, in terms of uh, opportunities for freelance writers. But it's again, it is a slightly different beast. There's definitely certain things in terms of, and it, it leans kind of towards comic book wise, where it's like you, whatever you come up with, somebody has to draw it, you know. And and the same thing comes with the, in animation. If you come up with a good joke or you come up with a good, uh, you know, set piece, somebody's got to be able to draw it. It's got to be with, you know, it, it's got to be, it's got to be an action with it that you can communicate effectively through, you know, to to an artist who can be able to say, okay, yeah, I know exactly what that is, what he, what he's talking about, and I can I can make that, I, I can do that with a pencil. Um, but um, otherwise, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else makes, uh, you know, what, uh, uh, animation different. And so also there's a little bit more in terms of like in primetime television, the writer, you know, the, the showrunner is, is the writer. Um, in, in animation, the showrunner is usually the director um, or the working, their director is working in, in, in partnership closely with the, with the writer, the showrunners. Um, because it's, because uh, uh, again, because everything's got to be able to be drawn. Um, you know, the, direct, the director had, had, and, and the visual style becomes much more of a bigger component of, of producing the TV series. Uh, you, you, get, you, get, you work a lot more closely with your directors, uh, which is, you know, then different than primetime television. But I mean, otherwise, when it comes, to, but when it comes down to the, you're basically, it's still all about storytelling. It's still about the nuts and bolts of, you know, how do I tell an effective story within the pages that I've got and, uh, and make, make sure, you know, make sure there's nothing wasted in every, every, every line, every scene, you know, everything counts and, and every character and you know and every character ma matters within within the context of the story you're trying to tell within the, you know and get it in on time <laughs> it's otherwise it's all it's, it's it's still the same yeah yeah that's uh you know i think one thing about being a professional obviously is that uh, you have to learn to meet deadlines and uh, and work within a system so um all right so um i guess well i'll finish with kind of like one final question um which is uh, any particularly great Comic-Con memories you want to share? Does anybody have a good memory or story? I was behind, I was backstage in Hall H the year of the stabbing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. it's not funny, but just to say it like that is like, what? Yeah. Um, I had had a backstage pass that year and that was the year of the Geek on Geek crime where someone took someone's seat. And the next thing I knew, it was on lockdown and backstage. Cause like, you know, um, Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds, you know, from, he did Green, uh, Green Lantern, right? Yeah, he was, um, he was there and like Scorning Weaver. And so like, they rushed everyone out from backstage into an elevator and up to the green room. And I got swept up with them. And so I'm standing in this green room and like, there's Scorning Weaver, there's Harrison Ford, 
there's James Bond there, you know, it's like, mm. I can't, and I can't like rush any of them and talk to them and geek out with them because I'm supposed to be a professional, but I was there as a guest of a friend who had a backstage pass. And that was my most exciting Comic-Con ever. That's awesome. Hey, wait, well, you guys are thinking uh, of one, maybe I have, uh, I have a kind of a similar story where um, I have a friend that I met at a, at a film festival, a Durango Film Festival. We both had short films there years and years ago. Um, and since then, he sold a reality show to True TV uh, called Impractical Jokers. So he's Murr, if anybody knows Impractical Jokers. Um, and so even, so when that show was pretty new, I was just sitting in the Hard Rock Hotel Cafe, uh, just having dinner by myself because I don't know, whatever, I couldn't find anybody to eat with me. And I was looking through Twitter and I saw him tweeting about Comic-Con. So I texted him and said, hey, are you at Comic-Con? Because I'm here. And he's like, yeah, I'm at a party at the Hard Rock and you want to come up? And I'm like, I'm downstairs, I'll come up. And um, so I go up there, there's like a big long line of people waiting to get in with the guy with the clipboard, you know, that guy with the clipboard that won't let anybody in. So I just stood off the side and then I see like Murr kind of come down the stairs and whisper to the woman and point to me and she like waved me over and they brought me in and he's like, yeah, we're talking to M. Night Shyamalan. You want to meet M. Night Shyamalan? And I was like, yes, sure. So uh, next thing I know, I'm at this party with like M. Night Shyamalan and like the guys from uh, Impractical Jokers and just because I was uh, following on Twitter, you know, and there's a good example That's also so so I met at a film festival when we were both like really nobody and then, uh, you know, time, time goes on. So that was kind of my most exciting I mean, for me, my just my favorite memories of Comic Con, I, I got to say, were are, are really just the 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 quieter moments. Uh, like, it's always cool to see the celebrities and the stars and, and like interact with them. I, like, it's, and it's always fun and surprising. I mean, when when Warehouse Thirteen premiered, it was really neat to sort of be there and and have my first television job be well represented at at the con. Like, they had um, they decked out the the Hard Rock. Uh, restaurant, you know, was was all sci-fi because it was the sci-fi rebranding SYFY, you know, back in 2009 uh, or 2008. Wait, no, nine, nine. And, um, you know, so it was like, holy crap, this is, I, I feel like I'm a part of Comic-Con as opposed to just being present at Comic-Con for once, which was kind of neat. But honestly, like, my, I think my favorite memories were just like getting there on a Wednesday, walking the floor on preview night, in, you know, long, long time ago, and then just sitting at the bar with, with my good friends and, and just having a drink and not knowing what the con was going to be, but just the anticipation of what that weekend was going to be. That was always, it always, there's just something very special about that. And I, and I kind of, I, I cherish those, those quieter memories. Yeah. I've, I've got two, two, I've got two, I couldn't decide on one. One was in a panel. One was one memory is being in a panel where they were going to air a cartoon that I had written, and I was sitting. I was, I was really excited. Like, and, and they said, we're going to air this cartoon, and the two young people in front of me went, "Oh God, this show sucks!" And I was sitting behind them going, "Oh great!" And, but they aired it, and every time they laughed, I was like, "Yes, that was the greatest <laughs> feeling on earth." Because by the end of it, they they had had a good time, and I was like, I, that, "That that felt really good." The but but no, my but my favorite favorite Comic Con memory is, is similar to what Ben was talking about. It was a time one year where I just like I was just like the noise and the crowds and the, the hall, which is driving me nuts. And I was like, yeah, I just gotta get out of here. So I went next door to the Marriott, and I went into the and I found a empty couch open across from the bar, lobby bar at the time. And I was like, oh, perfect. And so I sat, I got a drink, I sat down at that couch, and I was like, oh, okay, th this is good. I just need some minutes to decompress. And while I was sitting there. 
somebody was going to their room in the Marriott was walking by. I was like, hey, and they're like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm just getting a drink there. That sounds like a great idea. I'm like, dude, get a drink right there and then come join me. They went and got a drink, sat down. We joined, we had a great conversation. As we were talking, somebody else was going to their room and they, they were like, hey, hey, come join us. Yeah, so they grabbed a drink and they sat. So there was three of us. Then another writer came by, though I didn't know, but one of the people was sitting with me. It was like, hey, no, we used to work together on the show. Like, hey, come join us. And so suddenly we had four. And then an actor walked by that I knew. And the others were like, oh my God, we never met them before. I'm like, hey, come join us. And so then so soon we had a, a stream of people. Just, they were just going to their room to go put their stuff down or to get changed for dinner. And they would see us drinking and having a good time and they would come join us. And I didn't know half of these people, but like somebody at the group knew. And then so within like 30 minutes, we had this big group of people, of actors and writers and directors. And then another, and then a, 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 then, then we had an executive who walked by who had had a big fight with the director and then and with the director was sitting with us and they're like, we were like, oh no. And then they saw each other and then they gave each other a big hug and they were like, no, oh, like, I'm so sorry. No, we had this big healing moment. We're like, oh, that's amazing. And then, you know, and then another writer came by with, he's like, hey, you want to meet the actors from so-and-so show? Like, yeah. And then like, yeah, they're over there. Come in. And we had this amazing group and I did not go back to the convention center, you know, for that rest of the, the day. Cause I just sat there. I, I don't think I went to dinner till like 11 PM. Cause I was having such a great time just sitting there in that bar or in the, on that couch across from the bar, Marriott lobby and stream of people going to their hotel rooms, stopping by to have fun. And, and yeah, we had our own little convention right there. That, that was probably my favorite, favorite. That's cool. One of, I won't say this is my favorite memory, but it's just got an interesting memory now is the first time I ever went to Comic-Con was when I was in, in college and someone said, Hey, I heard this is cool convention down in San Diego comic convention we just drove down saturday morning and bought our tickets at the door and went in which just like wow. those are the days different world <laughs> of comic -Con than, uh, yeah. than today um, um, well, hey doug yeah. um can i chime in real quick and make a plug for my panel this year because i wanted to tell you who else is on the panel it's a really great panel i've got bob goodman and jamie Palia and nicole levy and then i've got uh from nbc sci-fi division Letitia baylor these are all awesome people. Everybody should go to this panel. Uh, These are the you, best people yeah, in they're world. awesome people. And um, Ben, I want to get you and Derek next year. And also, I didn't know you went to U of M, so we have to talk about that because that's where I went. What? When? I know. Like, well, we'll talk about it all. I, I had no idea all this time we went to the same school. See, it's just like Comic-Con. We're crazy. learning about each other. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, And, and that's so only the time we're going to do it because we're not going to do it during the rest of the year. No, no, never. Apparently. <laughs> So, Spirit, do you know when your panel goes on? Oh, yeah, I think they announce it. I think they're announcing two weeks in advance. So they should be announcing tomorrow. I think it's Sunday at one o'clock is which I, I was told not to tell because so they could announce it first. So you heard it here first, I guess, unless okay. they change the time. So, yeah, it'll stream there and for the rest of time. OK, so and just, you know, the, uh, the go to the Comic-Con web for everybody. Just go to the Comic-Con website and, and you can see the schedule and, and what's available. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the other panels are. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, I've been going through, there's a lot of good stuff. So a lot of good stuff this year. Well, thanks a lot guys uh, for coming um, and talking Comic-Con stuff. And for those listening, thanks for joining us today. Next month, my guests will be some of my former students from Art Center Film School who are now working filmmakers. We'll be discussing the process of moving from film school to the industry. I hope you'll come back and check it out.